enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. All things geek. Ah, video games, cosplay, tabletop. It was all happening at the 2018 South by Southwest Gaming Convention hosted in Austin, Texas. Hello everybody, welcome to this episode of Temple of Geek. I'm Daniel and I'm flying solo just to kind of chat a little bit about uh, Saturday's events over at the South by Southwest Gaming. So the way this episode is going to work is I'm going to talk a little bit about my experiences at South by Southwest Gaming. Um, the different events that I've seen, the different panels, some of the different um, vendors that I've seen there spoke with. Um, and while I'm talking about these, uh, there may be a vendor that I specifically did an interview with. So I will cut that interview in to the episode here so that way you can kind of hear some of the questions that I asked and find out more information about it. And hey, who knows? Maybe you'll get interested and look them up. So to kind of get this episode started, um, many of you may wonder what exactly is South by Southwest? You may see the initials on our website lately. Uh, I've been posting a bunch of things with the hashtag uh, SXSW, which that basically stands for South by Southwest. And what that is 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 a giant annual festival that takes place in Austin every year. It's uh, usually around the March time frame, and it usually lasts about two weeks. And it's film, interactive media, music festivals, and there's just a bunch of different events that takes place in Austin over that, that time period. Um, usually tickets run anywhere between, uh, 1800 bucks to kind of get in. Uh, you could probably get some on like individual films that that's for the platinum, the individual, uh, divisions like the interactive or the film or the music festivals just done by themselves are about 1200 bucks. Uh, what I attended on Saturday was the South by Southwest gaming festival, which is just a, a, a one of their conventions directly related to just gaming. Um, so I was actually fortunate enough to actually attend that. That one is not as expensive as the other conventions. Actually, it's way cheaper. Um, a ticket for me for the one day that I went was $25. For the whole weekend, it would have been 49 I believe it is, or 45 something to that effect. So it wasn't as bad as the, the mega tickets uh, that go on for the whole two weeks. But if you actually break down that cost for one of those tickets, um, going across, what is it, almost two weeks it's actually not that bad of a deal. It's nine days, um, so it's actually not that bad of a deal. You're, you're, if you break it down to a daily rate, I mean, you're, you're getting a lot out of, out of, out of that ticket. So it's, it's not a bad deal. But enough rambling about what the convention's about. Let's talk about South by Southwest Gaming. So, first time I ever went to a gaming convention like this, it to me it would seem like something I would have probably have seen on like. YouTube or something for E3. I, you know, I, w- I didn't know what I was expecting walking into this. I've gone to other conventions before that involved, uh, that was strictly about gaming, like Classic Game Fest, for example. Um, it had that kind of vibe, but it was more geared towards not really the, uh, not really the major game companies. It was more independent game companies, and a lot of companies that the hardware for the supporting of the games, like for example. You'll hear later, uh, I talked to the Netgear people about their their uh, router. So I walk into the convention hall, and it's it's massive. It's a massive convention hall, and they have it spaced out pretty well. Uh, walked around the floor for a bit and, and just talked to several vendors and got a feel for how the convention was set up. 
they had two major halls. One of the big halls, the, the big rooms in there was for streaming live events. So they were streaming different uh, games happening. I didn't actually stay and watch any of them, so I don't know what games were being played. Uh, but I, what I can tell you is they had a live host there that was hosting the game, so you could probably find those shows on uh, YouTube right now. Um, and they were just basically hosting and commentating on uh, competitive gameplay. So that was happening in the same building that I was in. i never seen an event like that, so that was kind of cool to see how that was actually done. Um, they had a smaller room next to that, which was where they were doing the panels. Now, I didn't get to uh, attend all the panels, but I did attend part of a panel for a new game that's coming out called Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Um, this game was created by Koji Igarashi. Please forgive me if I mispronounced that. Um, but Mr. Igarashi is most, most notably known for his work on the Game Boy Advance and uh, PS2 versions of uh, Castlevania. So, basically what the Bloodstained Ritual Night game is, it's, it's a... It's a platformer game that's kind of in the style of the Castlevania series. So you can kind of think of it as a, a spiritual successor to the game. Um, it's really cool looking. He you know, basically talked about the production of the game, how it was going to be about, uh, how he went about making it. Um, showed some clips from the game, what it's, what it's going to look like, how it's going to play. It, 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 it looks like it's really awesome. And it's right now up on Kickstarter. Uh, starter. He needed uh looks like five hundred thousand dollars to back this game and it looks like he got five million so he got enough to make this game and it looks like it is coming out um and it also does appear that you can still back this game so you can also still pledge some more money if you wanted to go ahead and back this game but if you want to check it out you can head over to kickstarter.com go to their project section and look for bloodstained ritual of the night and there you'll find uh, a trailer of him talking about the game and just information about how you can help. So definitely recommend that you check it out, especially if you're a big fan of the uh, Castlevania series. This game looks like it's going to be awesome. Uh, it is coming out on PC, Xbox One, PS4, Wii U, and Vita. So be sure to check that out when it comes out. If you want vendors at your convention, this show had it. They had a ton of vendors. And a lot of the vendors that were there were game developers, different uh, independent game companies that had their new games that they were showcasing and letting you try right there on the showroom floor. A lot of these games were actually up for awards that were going to be happening later that night at the award show. So it was really cool to kind of walk around and talk to the different vendors and kind of get a hands-on experience with their games and just kind of play around with different things that they had to offer. Um, while we were walking around, one of the vendors that we noticed first was... Uh, a vendor that went by the name of Paint Like Bob Ross. Now, there was a giant picture of Bob Ross uh, there at the convention. Um, couldn't miss him. He was, it was just a giant, his giant shaggy afro that he had. And, uh, you know, me and the, my partner that I was with, we kind of walked up and we we're like, oh my God, what's going on here? So they had a bunch of tables set up and some easels and things. And we found out that they were doing free painting lessons there at South by Southwest. It was already booked up. Uh, you had a pre-book in advance to sign up for these, these classes, but they actually took about an hour out of your time to teach you kind of how to paint, how to paint a happy little bush, how to paint a happy little cloud, those type of things. So it was really kind of cool to see that. Um, so I decided to introduce myself and talk to the, to the ladies that were hosting the event. And I spoke to a, uh, a young woman by the name of Sarah. And here's that, uh, here's a couple questions that I asked her. 
This is Daniel with Temple of Geek, and I'm here with Sarah with the Bob Ross Company. I'm going to ask her a couple questions about what it is and what exactly they're doing here today. So, Sarah, what exactly is the Bob Ross Company? What do you all do? Uh, so, the Bob Ross Company is the company that Bob started with his business partner to sell the Bob Ross um, line of paints. And today you're here at South by Southwest Gaming. Um, it looks like there's a bunch of people here trying to paint. What exactly are they doing here today? We're doing free painting classes with certified Bob Ross instructors. Uh, those are people that have gone to our workshop in Florida and gone through a training program so that they can teach the Bob Ross uh, style painting. All right. Well, I appreciate it very much. Thank you very much for taking your time. One of the things that was really cool there uh, at the convention was uh, a band that I kind of stumbled across called Super Soul Bros. And what this is, it's kind of a, uh, I don't know how to describe it. They're kind of a jazzy version of old school music and some new school uh, classic tunes from video games. Um, they were they were freaking amazing. Uh, I wanted I wanted to pick up some of their albums, but I I wanted to hear some more of their music and I decided I'd probably either order it from them later or go ahead and get it off of iTunes but they had songs from like Chrono Trigger, Mario Circuit um, Sonic the Hedgehog Stage 1, different things like that and you have to hear their music to understand how awesome it sounds. Uh, you can head over to iTunes now and kind of sample some of it uh, I would totally recommend that you go to their website supersoulbros.com and maybe order a real CD from them, um, or you can just get the digital versions if, if you don't like physical media. But one of the things that they had there, so they had their three CDs that they were selling, and they also had a USB drive that was a Super Nintendo cartridge that contained their entire discography on it. So uh, if I was going to get any of it, it would be that, uh, that thumb drive thing, but... It, I totally recommend their CDs. That's, I guess that's what I'm saying. Their music was awesome. Um, I'm hoping one day I can reach out to these guys and maybe interview them for a, a future episode because the music was awesome. And they played the entire convention. They did not stop. You know, they took a few few minute breaks in between, but for the most part, they were just jamming out the entire convention. So it, it was pretty awesome. Go check it out, supersoulbros.com, and find out more about them. The next vendor that we spoke to was a vendor by the name of uh, Kojeko Pier One, and I'm, I think I'm still mispronouncing it. And you're going to probably hear me say that in the uh, in the uh, interview here coming up here shortly. But what they are are is a managed uh, services uh, hosting um, division, and what they can do is they can guarantee you latency free um, type of hosting on your servers. So. Uh, take a listen to the interview and uh, you'll hear me talk a little bit about how this kind of how, basically why gamers need to need to know about this and why they should care. I'm Daniel with the, at the Kojiko Pier 1 booth and I'm here to, to kind of talk about what this is and what they're doing here at uh, South by Southwest Gaming. Uh, you mind introducing yourself? Absolutely. My name is Kate Clark. I oversee our marketing in the United States and Latin America. Okay. So, can you tell me a little bit about what the company is and what y'all do? Sure. So, we are a managed hybrid IT services provider. So, essentially what we are is we are the infrastructure underneath the internet. Uh, we have an application that we're demoing here called Map of the Internet. You can download it for free on, on any application store. Uh, but the reason we're here right now in terms of gaming is because a lot of companies, uh, especially like an emerging game developer, you want to focus on making a great game. You do not want to worry about all the underpinnings underneath, what your hosting is, what your security is like, especially with multiplayer. 
So let's say you finally have your moment in the sun, you hit it big, you don't want that Reddit hug of death, do you, right? So we're there so that when you hit it, we can quickly partition and scale up so that you can meet that need and not miss your opportunity to shine in the sun. That sounds awesome. So what does that mean for regular gamers, like a gamer like myself? What would that mean for me? Sure, so what that means for you is that, let's say you're playing a game, if it's running on top of some of our services, you have things like low latency. So nobody, you know, everybody's like, oh, it was lag, I totally, that was why I didn't do it. You know, it was just lag in the system. We make low latency a, a mainstay, so there's no excuse. Uh, if you, as a gamer, you wanna make sure that your data is secure. We all know there's been some notable breaches. So if a client's using us, we can make sure that the security is there in place as well. Awesome, uh, how can we find out more about you? Sure, you can visit us at www kojacopier1.com which is c-o-g-e-c-o-p-e-e-r and then the number one dot com awesome well it's very nice to meet you thank you much for your time one of the games i got to sample there was a game that was being demoed on an ipad called milkmaid of the milky way and it's an ios style indie adventure game that was developed by a gentleman by the name of mattis folkstad and this game is kind of reminiscent of the old school like Monkey Island type games, the point and click adventure type games. And it was it was really fun. I, I you know I only played it for a few minutes just to kind of get a feel for it before I started asking Mattis some questions. Um, but let me go ahead and let you listen to the interview so you can hear what this game's about. I'm here at the Machine Boy booth talking to Mattis about Milkmaid of the Milky Way. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about this game and what it's about? Okay, it's a game where you play as a milkmaid. In 1929, you play as uh, you're living alone on this remote farm where mysterious things start happening and then aliens arrive. <laughs> aliens? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, when you introduced this game to me, you were talking about she woke up one day and found that her milk bucket was missing and yeah. milk was missing. So. Yeah. What causes the milk to disappear? Is it the aliens and she goes on this adventure to find it? Well, I guess uh, I, I, I can't spoil everything, but okay. of course there are some things happening around her that are uh, unnatural. So there's probably some uh, some element of uh, the alien uh, aliens that are invading her space. <laughs> awesome. Now, the game is in the style of a point-and-click adventure. What what? How did y'all come up with that idea to do this type of style of game? Okay, I, I grew up uh, loving these uh, LucasArts games uh, like from it. the 90s, Monkey Island and uh, Grim Fandango. So I really wanted to make... Uh, these kinds of game, games myself so yeah awesome so uh, you kind of went back to like a retro style look it, it, was that intentional yeah I wanted to make it uh, because it's a solo project I made the whole game myself so I couldn't awesome. make uh, make it really advanced so it's easier to make some like, like simple pixel graphics than really full on 3D so uh, I had to go for a pretty simple style that's also pretty nice I guess so yeah Okay, is this game already out, or is, can this be found right now? Uh, it's out right now on Steam and iOS and uh, on the Google Play Store. Awesome, and how can uh, our readers and listeners find out more about your company? If you go to milkmaidgame.com, you'll find everything you know want to know about the game. Awesome, well thank you very much for your time, sir. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Thank you so much. Another game developer I spoke with, Guts Department, Talk to me about a game called Aegis Defenders that's out now on Steam and I believe is going to be coming out here pretty soon on Nintendo Switch and PS4. Um, here is how that interview went. I'm here at the Guts Department booth here at South by Southwest Gaming and I'm here uh, speaking with Bryce, Bryce about uh, the new game Aegis. Uh, you 
Can you tell me a little bit about what this? What, what is it exactly? Sure. So Aegis Defenders is a combination of a 2D platformer and tower defense game. And what makes it cool is that you can control multiple characters and switch between them. And um, you place them strategically for the puzzles over the tower defense. But if you connect a second controller, you can also play local co-op with a friend. Awesome. Now, I noticed that the game style is kind of like a old school has that classic retro feel to it. What made y'all go that route? Uh, I mean, I grew up on 16-bit, like, Final Fantasy, and that sense of, like, adventure and, like, there being a whole universe inside of those, like, old cartridges, that's that's the feeling I wanted to convey to the, to the players. What systems is this going to be coming out for? So it, we just released on Switch, uh, PlayStation 4, and Steam. Okay, well, how much does it retail for? $20. $20, that's, that's always a good price. <laughs> All right, uh, is there anything you want to say to, like, maybe say, try to convince us to go out and buy this game? Is there anything exciting that we should be looking out for? Yeah, sure. I mean, um, if you check out some of the reviews, we've been getting a lot of 9s, a 10 here and there. So if you're into a game where uh, there's a lot of puzzles and strategy involved for, for single player, on you know maybe on the Switch, it's a, it's a really great game to, to play. Um, but if you also just want a game that you can play with a friend for, for co-op and you know yell at them and like strategize together on like defending a base, um, it's also really great. Because Coach Co-op doesn't exist anymore, so it's awesome that you're bringing that back. Right on, yeah. It's it's my favorite players who who play our game are always like the couples where they're just like either yelling at each other and like you see the relationship come out, or like they're like a, they're like totally in sync and it's like amazing. So, but yeah, definitely great for for friends who, or couples. All right, well, Bryce, thank you very much for your time and thank you for asking my answering my questions about this game. Appreciate right it. On. Thank you. Another company I spoke with was a company called Serenity Forge. Uh, they created a game called Once Upon a Coma. I got a chance to sit down and talk with Z, the developer of the game, uh, just to kind of get a little feeling of how he came about creating this game. Um, take a listen. Here's that interview. This is Daniel, and I'm here at the Serenity Forge booth at South by Southwest Gaming to talk to Z about Once Upon a Coma. Z, uh, can you tell me a little bit about what this game is about? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Once Upon a Coma is a psychological narrative adventure game where you play as a little boy named Pete who wakes up from a coma to find out that all of the parents went missing. So basically you're just trying to figure out what's going on. That already sounds freaky, waking up and seeing everybody's gone. What, what made you kind of come up with the concept of the story? Yeah, so, you know, honestly, it's a combination of various things. Uh, the way I like to describe the game is that it's really kind of a combination of something like Limbo plus uh, uh, something like Ori and the Blind Forest or Hollow Knight, uh, where you have a lot of story, but at the same time, some kind of combat mechanics. Um, the inspiration mainly came from the fact that we are game developers, and as game developers, we get into mental states that are not necessarily the most healthy sometimes. And as artists, uh, it's difficult for us to kind of pull out, uh, ourselves out of that kind of mental state. Um, so with that said, we wanted to create a game that really inspired people and also uh, raised awareness for certain things like depression, anxiety, even suicidal thoughts in a lot of ways. Awesome. So I noticed that the style here is kind of—it has a little bit of a retro feel. It's not quite retro. Um, where did y'all? How did? Why did y'all decide on what type of art style to use for this? Absolutely, yeah. The art style that I would say that is kind of like the main inspiration for it is definitely well, it's, it's, it's what we call uh, uh, pleasantly creepy. Uh, and basically, what it means is it's, it's this Tim Burton kind of style where it's, it's kind of uh, unnerving, but at the same time very pleasant and very comfortable. Now, uh, what systems is this game coming out for? Is it coming out for consoles or just PC or what? Uh, the game will be coming out in September this year for Steam, uh, so PC and Mac, okay. as well as uh, Nintendo Switch. Okay. And then early next year, we'll be releasing the game on Xbox One and PS4. And what's it going to retail for? 
Honestly, we're not too sure yet. We're still currently working on it. It's probably going to be around maybe the $15 range. But with that said, you know, if the game runs a little short, we'll probably bump it down to 10. If the game is a little bit longer than we expected, maybe bump it up to 20. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time, Z. I appreciate you telling us a little bit about the game. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Now, let me go ahead and stop right here with the uh, interviews just for a moment and kind of talk a little bit more about the convention. Like I said, I walked around the showroom floor a lot that day and got to see some really cool cosplay. Um, one thing I like about gaming conventions is the cosplay is focused towards gaming. So I got to see a, you know, pretty awesome representations of Samus from Metroid. Also saw uh, a couple Sub Zeros and you know other characters like that, Alora Croft. Um, so the cosplay was on point. They had a cosplay competition that I didn't get to attend because they moved the location. And I didn't know about that they moved it into the last minute, so I couldn't locate it. So I just kind of walked around, finished walking around the showroom floor and got some more interviews. But the cosplay was on point. Um, I do want to give a shout-out to one of the cosplayers that I met there. Um, she took a moment to actually chat with me and talk with me. So it, it was really cool to uh, meet her. On You can find her on Instagram at Princess Poro. Um, that's Princess P-O-R-O. And you can find her on Instagram. So, yeah, Mariah, just wanted to give you a quick shout-out. Thanks for taking the time to chat with me. Um, so, yeah, check her out on Instagram. They had a whole section there that was dedicated to live streaming. There were several people streaming there. Um, I took photos of them, and you can actually head over to our Instagram page to see these photos of, you know, just of the streamers and everything else that I took pictures of. I just thought it was really cool that these people that you know stream that you see streaming online, uh, you might even follow some of these people, were at the convention streaming from the convention and you know doing what they do best. So I just I just thought that was really cool to see. Uh, it, it was yeah it was just pretty awesome. Um, got to meet a couple of them. One in particular goes by the handle Valkyrian. So yeah he was he was really cool. He sat and chatted with me a little bit and just kind of you know shot the shit and talked a little bit about gaming and stuff. So. It was, all, like I said, all around, I had a lot of fun at this, this show. One of the last vendors I approached was the Netgear booth. Um, I, I saw them there all day, and I kind of wanted to talk about their Nighthawk product. Uh, Nighthawk was a brand of router that I've seen come out, uh, I want to say it was about two years ago. And I didn't really know much about it except for what I seen at, you know, this you know Best Buy and everything else. So I actually had the opportunity to sit down and talk to one of their representatives about the product and learned a lot more about it. Uh, here is that interview. I'm Daniel here at, uh, with Temple of Geek, and I'm here at the Netgear booth to talk to Ben about uh, Nighthawk Pro Gaming. Ben, you want to talk a little bit about what what this is, what this uh, router is all about? Yeah, um, so in 2012, we launched uh, at Netgear the Nighthawk uh, routers, which has been recognized as world-class routers. Uh, this year, uh, we launched Nighthawk Pro Gaming, and what it is is it's a line of products that is... Uh, series for gaming uh, it, we didn't just decide to call it a gaming router it's actually solving problems that uh, that gamers have and the number one issue that gamers have is lag and, and latency and we solved that through a couple of features in our XR500 uh, router and one of the, the biggest things with console players is that they're always thrown into the quickest server that like raises its hand and so we have a geo filter that helps limit the distance between you and uh, servers uh, so that way, uh, you're connected to the most stable server that's the closest to you, and you can set that however you want to set that up. Um, for some games like Call of Duty, you're going to have like a little bit narrower. For uh, Destiny, you're going to go a little bit wider. 
uh, some games, you know, depending on, on how many people are, are playing. Uh, and then the second one is, is we have an anti-buffer bloat, which really helps in, uh, you set uh, according to however, you know, you want to set it, however big the pipeline of internet that's coming into your house, you can now set it. So that way, 60% is for the laptops and the uh, Facebook and cat videos and, and tablets and smart uh, products. And then that other 40% is a dedicated express lane just for gaming and it identifies the gaming traffic so you can have it where it turns on only when you have your gaming pc or your ps4 or your xbox is on then it uh it, it kicks in those protocols or you can have it all the time in case you're always always gaming um so would you have to specify and tell it like this ip address is my ps4 or whatnot or is it just going to detect the, the gonna, packets and stuff that's going across so you don't have to set up like the, the the hard thing about trying to set up your network is is there's a little bit of alchemy and mysticism in setting up your router with the Duma OS that we have on the uh, on it. It's really simple to use. It's a visual GUI. So when you go to set up uh, for your devices, it's going to detect, um, and then you just name it, and uh, you know it's already it's it's already doing the network detection for you. You don't have to. Uh, worry about what the IP address is and that sort of makes it very easy okay now what type of I see this, this is a wireless device what type of signal does this does this like the range on it uh, the range so uh, it is an AC 2600 okay. so it's 2.6 gig uh, per second uh, the range the, which is a funny question because somebody just asked me that in the booth uh, we have it uh, running in the booth right now all the way at the other side of the uh, hallway here is where the pizza is. I just went and got a slice. I had connectivity all the way over there. And there's access points and all sorts of uh, well, wire wireless noise. In the, in that was going to be my next question. You know, interference and stuff is a big issue with these wireless routers and stuff. How is this with that type of with that type of interference? It was pretty solid uh, all the way all the way across the hall. You know, uh, this this giant hall. So it was. Uh, uh, I was still getting. You know, I still look at it articles and, and uh, video quite fine. I noticed there's a switch as well. Uh, what, what is the switch? Something that comes with this or is it a separate piece? It's a separate piece. It's the SX10. Uh, it is our uh, gaming switch. The cool thing about it is that it has two multi-gig ports on it and that's the first time for like a consumer product. So uh, those with Cat6 will go up to 10 gigs, set it at 5, 2.5. It also has eight 1 gig uh, ports uh, so it's really for your uh, building. If you're if you have a team and you're practicing in the same yeah. space, you can have that land experience. Uh, if you're a streamer and you're moving large media files, uh, you've got those multi gigs to, to move that. If you have like the ultimate like uh, media center setup, uh, it's a fantastic product for that. Awesome. How much does this retail for? So both of the products are retailing for uh, two ninety nine. Two ninety nine. And are these out now? They are. They've been out since January. Uh, the reception has been wonderful. We have amazing reviews, verified purchases on uh, Amazon and Best Buy, five-star reviews. People are loving it. Um, it's just both products are, are, are phenomenal, and you can get them almost anywhere at any of your major retailers. Awesome. So how can um, someone do a little bit more research on it? Where can they find out more information about this device? Uh, you could look for us on the social media under Nighthawk Pro Gaming. Or go to netgear.com slash NPG. All right. Well, thank you very much, Ben. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Thank you so much, and have a good show. Thank you. 
all in all, South by Southwest Gaming was pretty awesome. I totally recommend it if you are in the Texas area. Hell, even if you're not in the Texas area, come down to Texas uh, back in March next year and come see what South by Southwest is all about. I mean, they did the world premiere for Ready Player One down here, for crying out loud. Uh, Spielberg and everybody were down here. If I was only in attendance. But anyway, yes, South by Southwest Gaming is a, was amazing. I'm definitely going to attend next year. I might actually attend more days than just the one that I attended this year. Um, totally recommend it. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait for the next gaming convention. My next one that I'm going to be going to is in June. Uh, it's going to be called uh, Classic Game Fest. So I should probably be doing a lot of coverage from there too. So if you are into the gaming gaming scene, the gaming cons, uh, look forward to that convention coming up in June. Now, I want to, before I close out this episode, I kind of want to just talk a little bit about some of the things that's going to be happening with Temple of Geek over here in the next couple of days. Uh, this weekend, which will be the weekend of March 23rd through the 25th, uh, Temple of Geek will be at WonderCon. We're going to be in attendance at a WonderCon, taking pictures of cosplay and doing any type of coverage that we can there. So be sure to look for us there at WonderCon. Also, the new episode of Daniel's Toy Chest just went up uh, Monday. So if you haven't checked that uh, show out yet, basically it's just me reviewing toys. Uh, five episodes deep. If you like what you see, please give us a like and subscribe on our YouTube channel. We're trying to get that thing to grow. So, and if you also have any suggestions about you know different things that you may want to see us cover or do, just shoot us a line at info at templeofgeek.com. Um, I'm in direct contact with that mailbox, so if you want to just you know drop me a line, you can hit me there at that address as well. Daniel's Toy Chest is going to be a toy review show that I do weekly, so you'll see it released on Mondays. And like I said, this is the fifth episode to come out, and this episode is over the Rick and Morty figure, so I tried to be a little humorous in this one, so if you, so if you check it out, I'd be greatly appreciative over it. I thought it was kind of funny. Also, be sure to check out our sister show, Retro Rebel Podcast. Uh, that's a show that's strictly devoted to video gaming. So if you like video gaming and you like to hear different topics discussed about video gaming, Amanda and Stacy do a really good job covering those different topics. They they cover things from like the EA algorithm and um, how to survive in the RPG world, things like that. So head over to iTunes or even your favorite podcast listening and just download one of their episodes and you know just give them a listen. You might like what you hear. The, those two are, have really good chemistry, and they sound really great together. So you might actually enjoy what you hear. Totally recommend that show. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Temple of Geek podcast. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email me at info at We're also on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. You can find us on all those platforms by using the handle Temple of Geek. Like this show? Head over to templeofgeek.com. There you'll find all sorts of things related to the world of geek. You'll be able to download this episode and episodes from other shows like Retro Rebel, like I just mentioned prior. So again, that website address is templeofgeek.com. Thanks for joining me on this episode. I've been Daniel, and we'll see you next time. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash templeofgeek. And remember to visit templeofgeek.com. Your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.